You're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. And with me is Mark Berkshire with um, Meadow Run Community Church in Ohio Powell, Pennsylvania. And uh, we realize um, because Mark's wife, Dawn, made it a point to make it clear to us. It's been a while uh, since we have put up an episode of the podcast, but there's just been a lot going on. But we wanted to come today and talk about prayer, because uh, no matter where you are in your Christian walk, uh, especially in the United States, there's just a lot of stuff going on. People are dealing with financial hardships, medical issues, um, you know, family issues, you name it. And so what we were just talking about was the fact that many Christians turn to prayer, but they do it as a last resort rather than as a primary source of getting them through, helping them through issues and problems. So uh, Mark has actually been teaching through a series on prayer. Uh, so I'm just going to turn it over to him and let him like, let him go. Oh. <laughs> well, prayer is the number one, in my mind, the number one weapon we have to use against the enemy. All stressed in first thessalonians that we are to pray we are to rejoice always pray continually and then give thanks to the lord those are three things that he says we should be doing as a church and as individuals um so what what is prayer probably sorry my dog's going crazy what is prayer prayer is Simply in a simple form, our hearts touching the heart of God. That is simply what it is, is, is just talking to God, pouring out our hearts to him. And he in turn pours his heart out to us through his word, through people, um, through just fellowship with God. That's what prayer is. Um, a lot of people get scared off because they think prayer has to be um, something that is done almost like a ritual thing. I mean, we say prayer in the morning when we get up. We say prayer at meal times. We say prayer at bedtime. That's usually the way the majority of people pray um and if that's all we're doing we're never going to really experience god for who he is if all we're doing is the basics that's in anything i mean if if all we're doing in reading our bibles is just five minutes in the morning and just okay i got that chapter out of the way Shoosh, that's good um we're not really having a relationship with the father. Um, so prayer, prayer is key in our relationship with God. Um, 
and and you know communication is the key to any relationship friendship marriage relationship children and and parents relationship if communication isn't there then you're not going to have a strong relationship with anyone so that's why prayer god, god instituted prayer as our way to communicate to him so let me interrupt and just ask a quick question so for the people who say but i don't know how to pray right what 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 do you say to them because i i hear that from a lot of people their understanding of prayer because this is again i blame the pulpit what a lot of churches teach prayer is you come into the building and on sunday morning the pastor says now i do this occasionally also myself i say let's pray and then i'll pray something and then i'll say amen and then we're done so mm -hmm. some people walk away with the thought that that's all prayer is but i also do the let's pray and i'll pass the mic and say what 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 do you want to pray about what and let people yeah. pray because it's not just the pastor doing it and i don't want them to get the the understanding that prayer is someone else leading you and you saying amen in agreement with them so what do you say to the people who say but i i don't know how to pray and my i answer that usually with a question because I get that question a lot too. And my question is, do you know how to talk? And they look at me and say, well, of course I know how to talk. That's what prayer is. Prayer is talking to God. Um, it is that simple. We make it so difficult because we think we have to have a certain pos posture we have to have a certain place. We have to have a certain time. We have to have a certain, um, you know, atmosphere that we're praying in. And none of those things are bad. We should. The Bible tells us to go into our closet, our innermost room, and shut the door and pray. That's what the Bible instructs us to do. But Paul also said, pray without ceasing. So how do we pray without ceasing? It's all about an attitude. It's all about a walk. Am I walking with the Lord close enough that I can say as I'm walking down the street without opening my mouth, without opening, you know, having words come out? Can I say, Lord, I need you right now. I'm, I'm going into this situation and I don't know how it's going to turn out to be with me. We can do that. We have, we have the privilege to come before God and say, I need help, or to say, thank you, or to say, I just wanted to say that I'm here. Well, so, God knows you're there. You let, know? Me, let me interrupt you real quick, because you brought up something, because uh, you said, and I can't remember exactly what you said, but you said something about prayer not necessarily being verbal because we don't know what to say and i hear a lot of people and you you probably see it too i see it all over facebook oh they need to put prayer, prayer back in schools well they never took it out because prayer is not verbal you don't have right. to 
physically because I'm not speaking out loud, that doesn't mean I'm not praying. You, like you said, you can have your mouth closed and be thinking a thought and be praying, communicating uh, to God. So um, what about those people who like, because, you, you know, some people like if I if I can't stand there, if I'm not in this posture, if I'm not in this place, um, what about those people who are like just so ingrained in them that you have to be kneeling, you know, at an altar on the knee pads of the Catholic Church, not not disrespecting the Catholic Church, but uh, in order to pray, like they have an agreement that it has to be done this way, this 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 posture, this this way. And I would say, if that's what you want to do, that's perfectly fine. That's not what God instructed us to do. Remember the story that the story that Jesus tells in Matthew about, um, and he tells it a couple other places, but Matthew specifically, he talks about a Pharisee and a tax collector. And he says that the, the Pharisee came into the church and he, he was, he was praying and saying, Oh God, thank you that I'm not like this person that I'm not like infidels that i'm not like the person who who is an adulterer i'm not like even this tax collector he does these all these wonderful prayers about who he is not and then the tax collector comes up and he says he beats on his chest and he says lord i'm not worthy to stand in front of you have mercy on me and Jesus said to the religious person, he says, I will hear the taxpayer's prayer a lot stronger than I hear yours. See, prayer is not about um, ritual. It's not about, um, again, it's, it's not about how many words we can say or a technique that we do it in. Prayer is prayer works, but prayer is work. So it takes an intentional attitude to work towards prayer. Um, one of the attitudes that God respects more than any other attitude, I think, is the attitude of humility coming before God, being humble, being open, and not being afraid that um, you know we're going to have repercussions from our prayer. We, I think, that's part of the problem is that we look at prayer as us telling God all of our problems and then putting out our hand and saying, God, I need, instead of seeking God's face, we seek his hand. We need to, we need to seek his face more than we need to seek his hand. I'm going to write that down because that's what I'm going to use as the title of part of the <laughs> This podcast. We need to seek his face instead of seeking his hand. Now, let me ask you this, because uh, you also said one of the um, messages that you did on the series on prayer 
you said was about being a prayer war or what? No, war room. Was it war, war room? room? War yeah. room. So talk about that and how that connects to being in prayer. And let me let me uh, preface that with the fact that I don't have all the answers. <laughs> I don't have. Um, I'm still working on my prayer life. Um, I don't have it all together either. Um, but I watched a movie that changed my life several years ago, and it was simply called The War Room. Um, it was put out by the Kendrick Brothers like in 1990-something, or might have even been early 2000s. It's The War Room. And in that movie, there is a lady by the name of... Um, I forget what her name was now. Let me hold on. Um, sorry. Should have had all this together. Of course, I can't find it right off there. I don't have my notes right here. Uh, anyways. Um, the lady, the lady, uh, was, one was a realtor and one was an older lady that was selling her home. And, uh, the, the idea of the war room is that you don't, every major battle that we face in life, every major battle on the battlefield, um, before any shots are fired, before any battle is taken, the military brass go into a room in the Pentagon called the war room. And they sit there in their war room and they pick out strategies to fight the battle. For the Christian, we are to do the same thing. It's those times that we go into the war room or our prayer closet, as, as Jesus referred to it, and we, we talk to the Father about strategies, about our circumstances that we're dealing with. How do we get the answers to that? The Bible will answer any question we have in life, any problem we have, any circumstance we're facing. The Bible has the answer to it. We need help to find those answers. So we go into our war room and we ask God to give us what we need to fight this battle. And this, this particular movie that I'm talking about, the real estate agent, her name was Elizabeth. And um, the, um, as she went in, uh, Clara was the lady's name. Miss Clara was was a was an older woman who prayed constantly. I mean, she was a true prayer warrior. And when Elizabeth was touring her house, Elizabeth asked, "What is your favorite room in the house?" And Miss Clara says, "I'll show you." And she opened up her closet door, and in her closet 
were prayer requests and prayers written out and answers to prayer all on the wall of the closet. And she said, this is my favorite room of the house because this is my war room. This is where I come to God and ask him to fight the battles for me. When David went up against Goliath, David went up with confidence and he went up with assurance because he went up and he said, this battle's not mine. This battle belongs to the Lord. But we need to remember in our circumstances and when we get into the battles of life that we can go to the war room, pick out our strategies and be confident that this battle belongs to the Lord. It doesn't belong to me. Amen. Amen. I'm going to take that a step further because when I was in the military, I was actually stationed at the Pentagon. And one of the things they do, yeah, I mean, and you see it in movies where they go in and there's a thing and they have to respond. So they go into the war room, but they also go into the war room and strategize over what can we do so we don't end up in a war. So we don't end up in a battle. So this doesn't go too far. And I think that's one of the problems with Christians is we wait until we're in the battle Mm -hmm. and then we go to the war room and go to God instead of consistently, regularly going into that war room and strategizing and praying. You know, that's part of the Lord's prayer is, you know, keep me from uh, temptation. And um, now I'm drawing a blank. (laughs) (laughs) This is our daily bread. Forgive us of our debts as we forgive those who our debt is toward us. Um, keep us from evil. And lead us. Lead us not into temptation. Yeah. Um, and we don't do that enough. We wait until we're in the midst of the temptation, the midst of the struggle, the midst of the battle, rather than regularly going into the war room and strategizing, all right, God, you know what? What's the best decision I can make that will honor you so I don't end up in this situation or whatever. Um, so I think that's, that, that has to be a key part of not just going into your war room when you're in a struggle, but as you said, regularly, consistently spending time with God. And I have another question because I have, um, for, let me say this, I, I, and I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think you're saying it's wrong to ask God for stuff. Uh, oh, no, no, I was going to get to that. Okay, yeah. all right, because I, 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 const- I have a, an app that I use, I used to keep prayer cards, index cards, but then they got so many that I couldn't three, four, five, even 10, I could carry around in my pocket and make notes or pray. But it got so many uh, when it got to be like 20, 30, 50, I couldn't carry those around in my pocket. So I use an app and now there's some like hundred and some odd different things. And they're not all things praying for, Hey God, I want, I want, I need. It's praying for, like when I pray for you and your family, uh, Mm -hmm. pray for other people, praying for, you know, other congregations in our area, excuse me, all of those things, uh, some are vague, like praying for the pastors in our area. Some are very specific, praying for individual pastors and struggles that they're going through or whatever. Uh, So what are some ways that people can keep track of the stuff that they're praying for? because I don't, I don't, I don't think people understand the need. Jesus tells the account of uh, the woman who kept coming and knocking at the judge's door, 
And he was like, hey, you know, what? I'm not going to give you what you want because I think you're right. I'm just going to yeah. give it to you because you're so darn persistent. Yeah. So there is there is something to being persistent uh, in prayer. But uh, what are some I'm, things people can do to kind of keep that up? I am I'm a big stickler for persistence. Um, uh, there was uh, something that I read this week. Bill Heibel um, from Chicago wrote um, wrote about prayer, and he said, trying to find my notes here. Anyways, it was the four answers to prayer, or the four ways that God looks at prayer. If we are at the right time and the right place, God will say go. But if we are, if it's not the right time or not the right time for that request to be answered, God would say slow. If we're not um, in the right time and the right place, and it's not the right request, God will say no. So, we need to keep track and be persistent. There's a story about a lady who was um, after a baptismal service, her mother, after many years of praying, she had been praying for her mother for 20 years. And finally her mother came to the Lord. And after the baptism service, the pastor met her in the hall, in the stairway and the woman was weeping and daughter and she's he says why why are you crying and she said i have been praying for my mother's salvation for 20 years first five years i was diligent in praying for her. after five years i was ready to give up on her i started praying some more after 10 years i said this isn't working god i'm not praying anymore i kept praying after 15 years, I said, God, I'm done. I can't convince her of anything. I'm done. And after 20 years, she came to the Lord because the daughter never gave up in prayer. She may want to give up. We give up too easily. We do that not just in prayer, but in everything. If it's not going our way and not doing what we wanted to do fast enough, we just quit. And what God is saying is being persistent is showing God how deeply we care about the situation we're praying about. Your, your mic's off. So let me ask you this. How do you... Uh... How do you respond to the people who say it's one thing? And this is this is, I think, something similar to what you said. I always tell people if you're praying for something, you're asking God for something, and he tells you no, it falls under one of three categories, either uh not now, like you're not ready for this, you know, like the ten-year-old who says, Can you teach me to drive? Not now. <laughs> that no yeah. is just not now. You're not ready for this. Um, sometimes it's I have something better. Uh you you want this thing, but I have something so much better for you than this. Or sometimes it's, this isn't for you at all. The thing you're asking for, you know, it, 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 it's not for you at all. It doesn't fit the purpose and plan I have for your life. So um, the people who feel like, all right, God is saying no, 
what do they do with that? Uh, do they just move on? Do they do they um, say okay? And this is one of the reasons I I say that because if you look through scripture, those are usually the responses of God when Israel or an individual is praying for something. It's no, not now. No, I have something better. Or no, this this isn't for you. This this is for somebody else. So, yeah. um, how do you respond to those people? Because there's a lot of people, and here's one. It's the, this isn't for you, because there's a lot of people praying for the wrong things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's just it. What what are you praying for? The Bible says, seek and you shall find. Jesus says, you ask anything in my name and I will give it to you. Uh, he also says that there's nothing impossible with him. So if why is he not answering this prayer? Why is he not, why is he telling me no? Why, why is this not there? And I ask myself one big question or two big questions. One is what I'm asking for going to glorify the Lord. Is it going to bring glory to him? Is it going to bring um, recognition to him? Is it going to be a witness and testimony to him? What I'm asking for. And secondly, is how desperate am I to have that prayer answered? A lot of times we're asking for the wrong things. Instead of asking for um, our financial burden to be lifted, Ask for, Lord, how can I have an attitude to get me through this financial burden that I know you will provide for? Um, There's a big difference in coming to someone and saying, hey, I need to borrow your car right now. Thanks. Have the keys and go get in the car and go. And then saying, going to the person and say, hey, I really need to borrow your car. I have to go down the street to the doctor's and I, I can't get there. Can I borrow your car? They're going to say, yeah, go ahead and take it most of the time. Or they'll say, hey, I'll go with you and I'll take you. God wants us to be a part. He wants us to let him be a part of our lives. If we're praying for something and we just go out and do it on our own, then why are we praying? Why are we asking God to help us? He's not going to give us the you know a magic wand. Prayer is not a magic potion or a magic spell. It's not something that we can just spout off and know that we're going to get it right away. And that's why people we need to get our mind around what prayer is and the character of God because we're not that's where I think the pulpit has made the mistake all these years is because we don't teach enough on attitudes of prayer we don't teach enough on how to pray we don't teach enough on when God says no um God knows 
bigger picture. We put God in this little box and we expect him to, to conform to our ways instead of us conforming to his way. Well, I definitely agree with you. Um, I'm trying to do a search as I do this. If you look through the Bible, almost every book in the Bible mentions or talks about prayer um, of some sort, some way, definitely minor and major prophets, first set chronicles, kings, Ezra, Nehemiah, Job, Psalm, of course, Psalms, all throughout the Psalms and the Proverbs, um, Jonah. I mean, you go through all the books and, of course, throughout the New Testament as well, especially in the Gospels. So I can't see how, and granted, not a lot of pastors preach through books of the Bible, but I can't see how, if you are doing that, um, you can get away from talking about and communicating effectively what prayer is and why it is so vitally important. I mean, if it's spoken about in almost every book of the Bible, God must think it's really important that his people understand the concept of prayer. Right. Um, yeah. So any other thoughts uh, on prayer or tell people where they can find uh did you finish it or is there still one left no, this is sermon? i finished it last week okay. um, if you're interested on uh, on prayer and, and the topics you know the things we've been talking about i did four sermons that uh just finished last week at meadow run community church uh, you can go to our facebook page and it's on our Facebook page is Meadow Run Community Church, Ohio Powell. And I talked, the first sermon was on the importance of prayer. Basically, just what we talked about, how important it is to have prayer in your life. Um, and not just saying grace, not just saying your nightly bedtime prayer. Um, but, but praying, having it as Part of your walk every day and then i went to the sermon about the war room is it a war room or a prayer closet there's really not much difference if it's just a prayer closet sometimes we just get in there and we pray and we find ourselves just repeating the same prayers over and over again without meaning without purpose but a war room you go in with a purpose you go in with strategizing you go in with figuring things out um and then you talk about the, the next sermon was uh praying for others how do we pray for others and not get it to the point of those <laughs> i've been in, in churches when the prayer requests were more gossip section sessions than they were prayer requests how do we pray for others and, and the importance of praying for others. Uh, the Bible stresses specifically that we are to pray for our enemies. We are pray for those who hurt us. We are pr to pray for those who mistreat us. We are to pray for those who have left us out. Um, so we we need to pray for for others. Um, and then this last week I talked about six attitudes of prayer. You know, you have to have an attitude of uh, forgiveness. You have to have an attitude, uh, a repentant heart for yourself. You have to have 
an attitude of of love, an attitude of grace, an attitude of of uh, just coming in, a, an attitude of humility. Um, that's how we get to the point of what Paul says in in First Thessalonians five and sixteen: Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will in Christ it, it, for you in Christ Jesus. The will of God is for us to be rejoicing, praying, and thanking. That is His will. Now, you brought up something. Um, There's a difference between praying for other people Mm -hmm. and praying about other people. Yes. You mentioned, like, you know, some prayer things just turned into bashing sessions. And uh, uh, a woman contacted me on via TikTok because I put up a video about praying for others. And she was just so disheartened because she went to a woman's prayer meeting that was supposed to be praying for all the local congregations in their area. And that's something I ask our people to pray for all the time. It's not Mm -hmm. about us. It's about God's kingdom. And she got there and that prayer meeting wasn't praying for the other local congregations. It was praying about them and bashing them and bashing the other pastors for not doing the things that they thought the other pastors should be doing. She said she left, stood outside, prayed for those women and then prayed for, the other local congregations, which which made me happy. So there's a difference between praying for people and then praying about them, like, you know, right. the upset child who's like, God, I wish you would get rid of my parents because they put you in punishment or something. Uh, so that that's important, to, uh, an important yeah. distinction. And, and let me let me bring this down to a you know, praying for others. Also means praying for those who hurt you and those who have um, maybe been there and you you thought they were more to you than they were than they are. Um, especially hard in families and in family type situations. Um, and my wife and I are going through some things right now with someone that we considered as a daughter. It just basically is shut the door and knife is so far in the back that you can't get it out anymore because it's into the bone. And yet we pray for her and, and the situation every night. Not that God would necessarily, and, and this is the prayer of the persecuted church too, that I love so much. Not so much that God will bring God would just take it away. We would love that to happen. That God would give us the strength and the wisdom and the the understanding to go through the problem. God's not always going to take the storms out of our lives. Sometimes I put a post up last night, I think it was, that I saw and I really liked it. That said that not every storm is meant to be gone gone through sometimes the storm is meant to prepare a path or something like that and, and so every storm that we go through in life has meaning has has a, a purpose um 
everything we go through in life has a purpose. And God is either trying to teach us something through that storm, or he's trying to let us be a witness to someone else in the midst of our storm, how we handle it. Well, I'm going to ask one more question and then a quick announcement to to share that hopefully makes everybody happy. Uh, So talk a little bit about prayer. Uh, But like, you know how people criticize, hey, you can't really be having the church if you're doing it over live stream and video. People, uh, I talked to a pastor, well, it was online, who who criticized the same thing about prayer. He's like, you can't really have, I forgot, someone asked, you know, what kind of things are you guys doing in one of our prayer groups? And I pastoral prayer groups. And I was like, oh, we do this, this, this. And on Wednesday night, we do um, a live stream prayer. And then on Thursday night, I do a live stream prayer on TikTok, whole other platform. But, and he was just like, well, that's not really prayer, blah, blah, blah. So what what are your thoughts on that? I already know what your thoughts are. <laughs> I'm asking you to share them for, for them. Because I'm sure a lot of people hear stuff like that all the time. And I would tell you, I have more people contact me from online than I do in my, my congregation. Um, so with that being said, God gives us tools to use in ministry and in life. And if we can use the online platform for his good, then use it. Then use it. Say, say that again for the people that weren't listening. <laughs> God gives us tools to use. And if we can use the online platform for good, use it. But also remember that if you're using an online platform for prayer and for witnessing to God, can't go on the same online platform and use profanity and everything else in something else. And bash other people. And bash other people. So make a choice. It can't be one or the other. You cannot serve two masters, as Jesus said. You can either serve him or you can serve yourself. What do you want to serve? And I get get that some people are like, well, you know, you got to be in person. And it's not the same thing. And it's not the same thing. When I'm texting my wife and saying, hey, I love you. Hope you're having a good day at work. It's not the same as when she walks in the door and I put my arms around her and tell her right. I love her. It's not the same thing. But I also respond with, let me make sure I understand this. You're saying that we can speak or think a prayer and the creator of the universe, who is not now physically on this planet, can hear it, receive it, and respond. Mm-hmm. But if I say it over a video, it's null and void. That I makes can. absolutely no sense. That doesn't work. That doesn't that doesn't make sense to me at all. What makes more sense is like you said, if I have the same way that Paul and the apostles and the other writers of the New Testament used letters to send the word of God around the world and to share God's truth, mm-hmm. uh, we can use video audio, this podcast prayerfully. Hopefully God is using it 
to share God's truth. So right. I don't think God is stopped like, man, they're, they're on the internet. I can't hear them now, or I can't respond to their prayers, or I can't let the prayers of, of Mark and Floyd who are praying with, you know, Risa in Idaho, uh, I can't let those prayers connect because they're going through video or, or something like that. That right. makes absolutely no logical or realistic sense whatsoever. Yeah. And just in my mind. Yeah. And that's why I go back to what I said. We put God in this little box and we just don't expect him to go out of that little box. God is bigger. There's a song that was put out several years ago that says, God is bigger than any question that I ever have. God is bigger than all my problems. God is bigger than any mountain that I will ever climb. My God is bigger than anything that I will face. So if, if, we, if we just put him in a box and we say, well, we can't pray online, we can't pray, then we can't pray on the phone either. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't you know, get that. We we can't we can't there's just so many things that we can we can't do if we limit our access to God. Yeah. So I, I would say to pastors and to even people who want to, to minister and, and be a witness, be a witness and use every tool God has given us be that witness god's given us this platform god's given us this tool to use for him yeah the world uses it for a lot of other things but he's given it to us as well to use for his good and to yeah, bring and, honor and glory to him and and i get that i think like you said sometimes the internet of course used for ridiculous purposes, negative purposes to demean and to bash people, whatever. But that doesn't mean we can't redeem it and use it for God honoring purposes. Mm -hmm. I mean, the stuff that we don't want anything to do with, we can reject, but the, we can also redeem and use uh, the same platform that people are using for bad. We can redeem it and use it for God's purposes. Yeah. There, there is a, there is a true story. I, I don't know. I don't know these people at all, but there was a pastor in Alabama, I think it was, that I read that um, they were looking for a building for their church, and they, they, they were searching all through town. The only building that was available in the town they were in was an old strip club, and he went in with people from the church. And they cleaned out the strip club. They cleaned out everything about it. And they said there was filth that you wouldn't believe in that strip club. They went in and they cleaned it. They got it all nice and shiny. And God blessed the church that they planted in the strip club. So God will use whatever we put before him and say, if we are willing to be used of him. And willing to allow him to use it. Amen. So, quick announcement to share. Uh, and maybe you could share your thoughts on this. Uh, Mark, myself, and two other pastors. I know it's probably 90-something degrees wherever you're listening to this right now. Because it's early August. But 
uh, we put together a Christmas devotional that we hope will be out and available by hopefully by November in time for people to get it for their loved ones and uh, shares uh, in it. We share uh, about some Christmas verses, but the focus is to bring Christ back into Christmas, to make that a God honoring. Doesn't And we're not saying get rid of your Christmas toys and traditions and all that stuff, um, but just to make it a God honoring Christ, the Christ in Christmas aspect, make that the focus again. So, you want to share some thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it is hopefully going to be a book that will have something in it for everyone. Um, you know, there, there's pastors that share one of the chapters in there is sharing our memories of Christmas and things. And there's some some things about pastors that say great things about Christmas. And then there's some that says, Christmas isn't really the special holiday for me, like this for everybody else. So it is a book that is 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 uplifting and encouraging, and just to let people know that we all celebrate the same thing. I don't care if you're Baptist or if you're you're you know Catholic or if you're Mormon or anything else. At Christmas, we celebrate Jesus. We celebrate His birth. So we need to unwrap that and let people know, hey, this is why I'm celebrating. So I hope it's an encouragement to, to all who get it and read it. And please get it and read it. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and let the Lord let the Lord speak to you through the pages of the book. Yeah, and um, the book is called unwrapping christ at christmas um it's uh, a faith pittsburgh devotional mark and i and two other pastors we all participate in this organization called faith pittsburgh um and again praying it'll be out in like october time frame uh, we also share you know like mark said some of our favorite christmas traditions we talk about the bible verses talk about our experiences some painful some joyful over experience that help shape us uh, but we also answer some questions, uh, something Mark and I have done here on the podcast, um, about the people who say, why should Christians even celebrate Christmas? So hoping that uh, it'll be out in time and we'll keep you posted on details as it's available. And when it's available, it'll be available on Amazon. And it's a short read. Um, I forget how many pages, not a lot maybe 60, 70, not even that. It's a, it's a short read, but uh, uh, hopefully it will kind of bless everyone who reads it and it will make a great Christmas gift for some, or once you read it, a great Christmas re-gift after you read it and you want to give it to somebody else. So, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, you know, I just thank Floyd. I'll give a shout out to him right now for kind of spearheading and, and, and getting this book into reality because the three other pastors, two other pastors and myself kind of drug our feet on this a little bit. So, and Floyd was always there encouraging us to move forward and get ahead of, and, and, and get this thing done. So thank you, Floyd, for doing that and for following God's lead on that. 
Yeah, encouraging slash nagging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, let's do this, Mark. Why don't you um, pray for us and specifically pray for those people who are struggling with understanding prayer and understanding how to engage God um, maybe for the first time ever. I'd be glad to. Father, we thank you for this time together to get together and just talk about you and about your love for us and your goodness for us. Uh, that's what this podcast is all about, is just sharing your love with others and how much we love you. And Father, we just pray right now that you would just help us to be more dedicated prayer. Make it an intentional thing in our lives that we we set um, before us and say, I need this attitude of prayer. I need to be, be in communication with my father at all times. We know that it's more of a heart thing than it is of, a, uh, uh, of something that just comes out of our mouth all the time. And Lord... We get so distracted with life and say we're going to take this time and we, we sit down to pray and we get started and all of a sudden we think about the oil change that we need to do in the car or we think about what we didn't do today. Lord, and our mind wanders and, and you know that about us. You know that we are people who are easily distracted. So we just pray that you would help us to be more focused on you in our daily walk so that we can just at the drop of a hat or the snap of a finger know that oh yeah god's right here beside me and i'm going to pray about it so we just ask that you would give us that attitude and give us that time to in our hearts to just just reach out to you no matter what the circumstance if it's just to say hey god i'm here and that we are walking with you daily. We encourage you, Lord, that those who may be listening, if they do not know your son as their Lord and Savior, that they would reach out and they would start asking questions. And, and, and Lord, that you would, you would lead someone in their lives that would direct them to Jesus today. And that they would just confess their sins and ask for forgiveness the Bible says that if we confess with our mouths that we are saved, then, Lord, I just ask that if there's anyone listening that needs that today, that you would do that. Mm -hmm. And we thank you, Lord, and we pray and uh, that everyone would have a good couple weeks and until we get together again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.